You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Sitting at ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling, news, interviews, and opinions. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. With Daniel Spencer. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Jeremy Wallman. I'm the best in the world at what I do. And Justin Kruger. Your arms are just too short to box with God. And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. Welcome everyone to the Ringside Podcast. I'm Daniel Spencer. I am the incomparable... Jeremy Wallman. And I am the king of the featherweights at 145 Live, JK. I love 145. We need to get him a spinoff called 145 Live. I thought it was, two, I thought it was 105 Live. No, he's, got, he's bulked up since the last time he was oh, on the yeah. show. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, real talk. I put a new max on my squat Wednesday. You better uh, respect it. All right, respect nice. the squat, bro. Nice. I'm going to get them gains in my quads. Oh. Don't tear them like Kevin Nash. Oh. <laughs> or Triple H. Or Vince. Or Vince. Yeah. Now they tore him so much. Now they're just uniceps. <laughs> Vince or actually octa- or octaceps. Vince actually tore his on the way to the ring, and then tore his other one on the way back. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, I'm I'm laughing at the joke. Not that Vince really did that. No, they've they've listened to the show. They know how you like to laugh at other people's pain. Um, Literal whatever. pain, mind you. Whatever. That's not a shout out to Kevin Hart, even though that's what he's. Love you, Kevin. Hey, hit me up later. <laughs> what, Kevin? You have like heart. two fake Kevin friends. No, oh, so no, I don't have two fake Kevin friends. Me and Kevin Owen, I can show footage of mine and Kevin's friendship. Oh, just <laughs> like I talked to my buddy Mark. Well, it, <laughs> I don't even know who that is. All I'm saying is me and Kevin Owens are legitimate best friends. He told me he need that he would keep me in mind if he needed an unathletic six foot seven bodyguard on TV in the near future. Just remember though, the last two times he had best friends, it kind of didn't work out for him. So. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm bigger than he is, so okay. All right, those All guys right. were skinnier. <laughs> All right, so this episode this week we're going to discuss tag teams and tag team wrestling. And you know, one thing about tag team wrestling is I it's an art that um that really kind of gets I wouldn't say frowned upon, but just gets kind of pushed to the wayside. I think a lot, but really, tag team wrestling to me is is some of the best wrestling out there. It really is, and and for for those of us that are '80s and '90s guy, well. 90s guys for me, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, but um, your tag team was one guy who was a hard worker, and then the other guy was just a star in the making. And We'll get the hot tag or whatever. Right, it, and you each, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like bust anybody's tag teams up, but uh, you had one guy that after a couple years – you knew one of them was going to be the next single star, and it was just—it was a way to uh, stepping stone. It was a way to catapult yourself right, to right. greatness. It, and it's—it's it's, as you said, it's been a lost art as of uh, as of late. But it seems like they're that we're getting a tag team resurgence over the last sixteen months to twenty four months, and, and I'm loving that. That's the way that you know we got two separate tag team champions um, for, for the for the uh, for WWE. So. I have faith that, that we're gonna we're gonna regain that importance here. Yeah. 
JK, getting opinion on tag teams? Uh, tag teams, I mean, what makes a good tag team? It's a very subjective answer, but to me it's kind of like a peanut butter and jelly type of thing. What two guys can you pair together and they have a little yin-yang dynamic where they complement each other together? Give you one example. The original Heart Foundation, you had Brett, who was the stout, you know, hard worker, very bat-based technician. And then you had Jim, the anvil nine heart with a powerhouse, like football-based background. And mm-hmm. then Brett, of course, later on became one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Jim Neidhart. Uh, not the crap. He's the Tiger's father. Well, and then you have right. He's not, and then you also had like similar to yours, the Rock, uh, the Rockers, where you had yeah, you know Marty what I was gonna say. and Shawn Michaels. I mean, you know, one of them clearly had a better career and became probably, if not you said Brett, but probably the greatest wrestler of all time. And Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty went on and didn't do hardly anything, but stuff. I mean, he had little small gimmicks, but it was nowhere near to the career that Shawn Michaels had. Hey, he was a one-time Intercontinental Champion. Don't disregard his merits. Oh, I didn't, I'm not disregarding it. I said nowhere near Shawn Michaels. Oh, no, no that's true. Yeah, yeah. And for the record, I love Jim Neidhart, but if you're comparing the two guys, I mean, oh, no, there's no comparison. on a different plane. Right, yeah. Well, like I said, Brett shot way up, Sean shot way up, and the other two didn't. The other another, two and just plateaued. Yeah. Another great example, the Hollywood Blondes, Steve Austin, Brian Pillman. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. It's, no, no, it's, no, 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 no. It's no. comparable. Brian Pillman died in 1987, so we didn't get to they, see we what had he had 10 was. years of the Hollywood Blondes, though, through WCW, through yeah, Global but, Force. But, but Steve Brian Austin Pillman, was head and shoulders above. But, uh, but no, Pillman, no, no, no. Pillman yeah. was, was, in, was ahead of him before it, Steve Austin started to get the steam. Pillman broke had the car wreck and got got broke his leg and it slowed him down and then Steve was raising up and then when, so then when Brian Pillman, Pillman was a bigger star than Steve no, Austin no okay Pillman was Pillman, that was the comparison I was no, making that one the, of them goes on to be a bigger star than the other but one That's of them all. died so we didn't save, get to see his career well, well, well save the debate for when we actually discuss the Hollywood Blondes later on okay all I'm saying is that um, somebody's got to restore yeah. order in this court okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to pick our top three. We each can pick three. We'll start three to one like we've done before, and then maybe we'll even have an honorable mention thrown out in there, possibly. Okay. All right? So why don't we, since you're so passionate about this, Jeremy, why don't you start with number three? Who's your number three best tag team? Well, you know I like to go off the map every once in a while, as I did when we talked about, uh, I think it was our finishers episode, and I'm going to go ahead and and do that right off the bat. I'm going to go at number three with the Kings of the Ring, which was Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro, Chris Hero, a.k.a. Cassius Ono, and Sarah Del Rey, who absolutely just wrecked havoc on Ring of Honor and other various independent promotions uh, through the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, those two guys are... Now, I'm not talking about Cash, uh, Chris Hero now, who's... Again, I, I'm a bigger guy, so when I say this, I don't mean any offense to it. He, he's a pudgier guy now than he was then. But then he was very, very aerodynamic, so to speak, very slim. And he was one of the best technical wrestlers in the world at that time, as was Claudio Castagnoli. And that was right after, I believe that was right after he shaved his head bald, uh, before he became Cesaro. Uh, I know it was before he became Cesaro. And uh, they were. it was one of the most entertaining tag teams I ever watched wrestle and they completely dominated the scene until they, mm-hmm. they signed uh, until uh, Claudio signed with WWE so that's my number three yeah I mean it's a good tag team I think um, uh, Cesaro proves that he is a, a great 
tag team machine. Uh, I mean, look at me. I think him and Tyson Kidd would have had a better – if Tyson didn't get injured, would have had a greater tag team trajectory. Yeah. And then, I agree. And then he does – and then he you put him with Sheamus, who by far you're thinking this ain't going to work, and all of a sudden they're great together. Yeah, because Cesaro could wrestle with the paper bag and make it look like a five-star match. But it's it's the fact that the that how tag team wrestling uh, it takes a special art and special people to do that, and I think Cesaro um, is one of them. Well, I mean, it goes back to the the blueprint that we all spoke about earlier. You got one powerhouse, one technician. That's yeah. what Cesaro and Sheamus has. Yeah, Sheamus isn't an awful wrestler. He's grown on me as of late. Uh, but that's what you have. You have a guy that can just go beat the crap out of anybody, and then. You tag in the guy that can make you submit. He can swing you around fifty times in a row. He's one of the one of the most underappreciated, underrated wrestlers, I think, in the history of wrestling. Maybe that could be a future episode that we do under underappreciated uh, wrestlers. But and, and he would, in my mind, top that list, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, Sheamus is definitely very rock steady. Um, <laughs> Uh, what a nerd. You're a nerd. <laughs> Melvin. Oh, man, that was good. All right, so uh, anyway, so yeah, um, you know. I hate I, being on the show with you sometimes. <laughs> I'll go next. Uh, my my uh, number three is a team that most people don't know about. They know about the wrestlers, but they don't know about them as a team. And they were one of the great tag teams, and they should have been a tag team in the WWE. It would have been phenomenal. They were called the Lords of the Ring. And they were about two guys, one named Rob Conway and one named Nick Dinsmore, who later became Eugene in the WWE. Rob Conway was Iron Man Rob Conway, who in the, who uh, uh, in WWE, he was the 98% fat-free Rob Conway, also with Lovers His Haunts. But he uh, <laughs> he was the Iron Man Rob Conway and Nick Dinsmore, and they were amazing tag team. In OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, they were, had to de- they were the first people to get a developmental contract with, with WWE, Wild OVW. And they were there from '97 up until around 2003 is when they're is when they got finally got called up. But that little reign of them being tag team champions was great. Of course, they ended up splitting up and do the whole thing. And one of them did become a bigger star than the other. Um, and the um, as far as Eugene did because of his character, yeah, he became bigger than yeah, Rob Comey did. That's but, true. But Rob Comey got the call up first. But anyways, them together were an amazing tag team. And a lot of wrestlers they helped in tag team division. Send off because another great tag team was Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar. They had great matches with them together, and look what those two became. So you know they they groomed a lot of people in those days. So that's why I like because I've seen a lot of their matches weekly, locally in person, right. and they were better than what was going on, on the TV when the Headbangers and the Godwins were fighting. So it just was a better overall to me a tag team, and that's why. It, Brings back my childhood, and that's why I got to give him props as being one of my top three. No, I like it. You pulled a fifty-five right there. You went off the uh, went off the beaten path a little bit, and and I don't hate it. I mean, I, are there are there better tag teams than them all time? Probably so. Yeah, probably. There's yeah. probably more than two that are better than them. But well, I mean, my honorable mention later might even be better than the, or is better than them probably overall. But it's just that's. That's where my mind went. That's where I'm thinking. Uh, John Cena and Batista, is that your honorable mention? They were never a tag team. Yeah, they it were. Was, they won re- the tag team championships. For what, all of a day? The, the, for a week, they were the tag team champions building up no, to Summers. I'm talking about, okay, Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin were tag team champions at one time. It, it's Undertaker and Steve Austin were. It's right, just, right. It's just, it's just a. We're talking about tag teams. That's two people. JK, no, what no, was your. No, no, hold on, no, no, no. 
tag teams that go not just one time hit or miss, win a championship, and then later. How many get tag rid team championships have you won, Daniel? It doesn't matter. I'm talking about tag teams that were okay. teams for a long for right. a while, a good little right. bit. Maybe we should put a disclaimer on this. Maybe we no, we didn't. Said, we didn't need to put a disclaimer. The the thing was is I was guessing that something that with John Cena had, was in your mind. John Cena and Rico Cosentino were a great tag team together. Okay, all right, J.K. Well, <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to finish. We're finished. You're, you're next. Right. You're number three. All right. And speaking Giddy. of finishers, number three is certainly old school, as will probably be most of my tag teams. Because okay. I feel like tag teams were are much better back in the 80s, 90s mm-hmm. than they are today. I would agree. Number three is the British Bulldogs. All right. David nice. Nice. Smith and the Dynamite Kid. Yeah, those are good. Definitely top yeah. ten in my mind yeah. all time. That's why I was mentioning the peanut butter jelly dynamic. Yeah, Davy Boy Smith. And I know you talked about Cesaro being underrated, and rightly so. British Bulldog, yeah. Davy Boy Smith, is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I don't talk about him enough, but he is one of the most underrated guys. Just a pure powerhouse, could cut a promo in the ring. It's such a shame that he was never the first British-born world champion. And then Dynamite Kid, who, in spite of all the issues that he's had, well-documented, one of the best technicians probably ever in the history of the business and influenced the next generation of guys that would come, guys like the late Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. In fact, I would go as far as to say that Dynamite Kid's style influenced what would later on be the cruiserweights that you would see in WCW and then some of the smaller guys you would see after that. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great, great tag team. I I mean, they're... um Done some amazing things, and I, I really feel like they could have probably and should have maybe had a longer career stint. Well, I would say career because they, but I mean a longer stint together as a tag team than they did. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, I, I they, think- they really did have a long. I mean, they were a tag team my entire childhood, which I understand that I'm a little bit older than both of you, so maybe you don't remember as long of a stint as I remember. But that's all. Growing up, and I hope I'm not stepping on any feet here, but growing up, the tag team scene in the WWF, it was uh, it was the Bulldogs, it was the Islanders, it was the Heart Foundation, it was the Killer Bees, it was the Rougeos, mm-hmm. it was it was awesomeness. I mean, everything. And then you had the Powers of Pain that come in and demolish. It was just phenomenal. It was a phenomenal, probably the greatest time, in my opinion, of, of tag team wrestling that there ever has been. And uh, it, it was a refreshing time. It was just great wrestling. You right, you look right. forward to tag team matches. The first ever, correct me if I'm wrong, the first ever pay-per-view that was headlined by a tag team match, I believe it was In Your House. I don't remember the name of the In Your House, but it was uh, it was Shawn Michaels, the heavyweight, or Intercontinental Champions, Shawn Michaels, heavyweight, and tag team partner, heavyweight champion Kevin Nash, defending their titles, their individual titles, versus Yokozuna and Owen Hart, wasn't it? Yeah. And that showed that tag team wrestling could headline a pay-per-view. And I mean, like I said, there may have been a couple before. That was the biggest one because whoever whoever won the match, whoever pinned the other person got that respective title. So, you know, 
but again, this showed that that could carry just like they've been doing with the women's wrestling, where they proved that that can headline pay per views and, and Raws and SmackDowns. That was kind of the aha moment for that back in the 80s and 90s. And just tag team wrestling was so much better back then. I think with the Bulldogs, too, and I mean, there you said it right there. There was a lot of elite tag teams in that company. You said a lot there, and it's hard to believe that you mentioned that you left off the Brain Busters. Strike Force. Strike Force. My God. The Legion of Doom. I mean, that's a dozen tag teams, and that's probably like exponentially more than what you see in this generation. And that's not the crap on any tag teams that we see now. I'm a big fan of the Hardys. I'm a big fan of Seamus Cesaro, the Bullet Club, the Young Bucks. But, I mean, there's a lot of tag teams from that day that still need to be inducted into the Hall of Fame just because of how talented they were. And Bulldog 2 also headlined freaking SummerSlam at Wembley. Against Bret Hart in one of that the best match. in-ring matches you'll right. ever see. Oh, yeah. And he's sure. not in the Hall of Fame either. Who's not in the Hall of Fame? Bulldog. Oh, well, he's coming, though. He'll be there. Right. The, the question is, will he be inducted individually, or are they going to take a risk with Dynamite Kid and induct him as well? It's one of those things where, it's once again, it's the dead wrestler thing. They don't do many dead wrestlers. I don't think yet. Dynamite Kid's dead, is he? I, well, I, Bulldog is. I don't know about Dynamite Kid. I don't uh, believe he is. Uh, we can find out in a second. Yeah, we can find that out. But I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so, okay. Yeah, go ahead, number two. So the reason why I didn't mention this team, uh, as you just brought that up, is because they were my number two team, and that was the Road Warriors, a.k.a. the Legion of Doom. Uh, they were the, again, that's why I didn't mention them earlier, because I was not wanting to reveal my tag teams, uh, spoil those myself, but... They were the first power. They dressed up in the shoulder pads with the spikes, and they wore the face paint, and they were just two tough sons of guns that went into NWA and WCW and beat everything standing. They they were they were able to overcome the horsemen and the lock that the horsemen had on the entire industry at the time. And then when they moved over, you know, they accomplished everything they could there and moved over to WW, uh, WWF and did the, you know they did the same thing there and they were just you know oh what a rush to hear that music you immediately jumped out of your seat wherever you were and freaked out and that was you know they they weren't the most technical of wrestlers you know the first tag but, team i mentioned but they had that presence as soon as that music hit you knew somebody's ass was going to get kicked they had the it factor Shout out to Bobby Roode. They had the it factor. You knew. Whereas that first team I mentioned was all technical, savvy, aerial, you know, very fine-tuned. These guys, much like the APA, would just come in and just beat everybody's rear ends. And they they wrote your names on on a list way before Chris Jericho had one. Don't forget that they also had Paul Ellerling as their manager, too, who's now doing great things with... The offers of pain and right, NXT. you know. No, but the thing about the Legion of Doom is that still to this day, when you hear a person get a big pop, they call it an LOD pop, right? Legion of Doom pop because they would a Royal Warriors pop, really. Right. The, no, I knew what you meant. Yeah. But it's it's the fact that they get that 
that all of a sudden, like you mentioned, as soon as their music hit, just crowd would go nuts for them to come out. And um, and they were probably one of the biggest over tag teams ever. And and really, they never looking back. I mean, they may have had had things where they were feud or whatever. But for the most part, they were always they were never single competitors. They were always tag team, and they were right. always that way. Was um, there a was their first feud when they come in against the Powers of Pain in WB, WBF? Yeah. Uh, it was a big. I can't remember if it was against the Powers of Pain or Demolition, but when they come in, they had a high. Just like because I know the Powers of Pain first. I forgot what they were called in WCW, mm-hmm. but when they came over to uh, to fight Demolition, like that was a huge deal, and that's who they feuded with for the first time. But I can't remember if the Road Warriors feuded with them when they came over or not. But that's beside the point. It two so far, I've got two teams on my list. Two totally different styles. Yeah, I wouldn't replace them for the world. By the way, backtrack uh, in your house three. It in was house uh, three. And, re, and it was re uh, retitled in your house three triple header. I guess because he had all three. You had all three titles in one okay. match. But at that time, different. it wasn't referred to. No, it was just correct? in your okay. house three. Yeah, but right. later they called it triple header. But yeah, because all of them after like the in your house six, which was in Louisville, um, actually started having names after the end. That's what I was going to say. There's a couple of fun facts about that. In your house six was the last one that didn't have a name. Is that correct? And that was in Louisville. Yeah. And then ground zero was the first ever three hour pay-per-view, uh, that, WWE offered outside of WrestleMania. And also, Ground Zero was the last one to actually fixture the house. Cause there, Correct. The next one was In Your House Bad Blood, and they quit using the In Your House name after that Correct. period. But yeah, the last one to have the whole house. Correct. We just got wrestling, just lineage here in Louisville. Got facts on facts on facts. Well, who's your number two? Um, My uh, number two is... Um, I'm going to go... It, it's uh, very similar. I mean, I wanted to pick another team. But I think we kind of talked about earlier, and we mm-hmm. kind of revealed who you're going to pick. Right. So I'm not going to pick these guys, but we're, we're going to discuss them. But I'm going to pick another version. Uh, speaking of Owen Hart earlier, it's the new Hart Foundation, which was which had a lot of people involved, but most but the tag team itself was uh, Owen Hart and Jim Amel Nahart. Okay. Um, they were just um, pretty amazing uh, together. It, it just shows you how well Owen to me. I think. To me, was a better wrestler than Brett. Just my opinion. I think Brett. Ooh. I think Brett was a bigger star. And that's why he gets all the. But to me, Owen was much better. And Brett would even tell you Owen was better. Well, I would tell Brett he was wrong a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. Owen Hart, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But again, like you said earlier about Brian Pillman, Owen Hart was just getting to his. And again, this is my opinion. He was just getting to his apex. He wasn't. There yet, he was just getting there. Had he had another 10 years in the business, I probably would agree with you wholeheartedly without a shadow of a doubt on that one. But Owen Hart, he, he's also one of those guys that could be on the uh, the underappreciated list. The problem is, though, with the guys in the Hart Foundation, like Bulldog I mentioned earlier and Owen, they're just kind of victims of other guys just simply getting the hotter and the better I guess, momentum towards that world title push. Like right. While Bulldog and Owen Hart were having these stellar singles runs, Owen Hart especially in 94, 95, 96, that was the era of like Diesel, Undertaker. Bret Hart was hitting strides. Shawn Michaels, Vader, Sting. That's The air gets really, really thin at the top. And 
some guys unfortunately don't make it, and it's kind of sad to see because there's just some guys you want to see have that one world title reign. Right. Who was uh, who was your number two? My number two. Yes, sir. The Hardy Boys. I, I had to get that one tag team from the Attitude Era, and say say what you will. About the Hardy Boys, I mean, it could be 3-2-1 very, very easily, but I, I remember watching this team when I was like six or seven, and they were doing things I had never seen before, like Jeff Hardy doing that step-up, like drop kick or whatever that they do in the turnbuckle, or Hardy doing the swanton or whatever, and then they pioneered a crap ton of matches, like the tag team ladder matches, TLC, they they kind of reinvented the wheel for the tag team division to follow. And then the single success each one would have. Like Jeff Hardy became one of the most over men in the history of the business when he came back the second time. Matt Hardy, also a very underrated gem. And I think he's finally appreciated with his broken gimmick that he unveiled a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And then they... Bless, bless their hearts, they finally got back to the company. They have the tag team titles, and they're still doing the damn thing. And they've been doing it for 20 years. It's not just the talent that they have in terms of mic work, how over they are with the crowd. It's their ability to you know keep evolving with the ever-so-changing dynamic of pro wrestling. And that that is very rare for anybody, let alone a tag team. I want to uh, – before I – Touch base. I want to say real quick. When I New Heart Foundation, Owen and Jim did tag team, but they're but the but also he also tagged with, with British Bulldog a lot during right. that time frame. So really, I gotta throw it's really kind of Owen with British and Jim. So it's kind of a mixture. So I'm gonna backtrack. I kind of didn't go more in the elaborate of that. So I don't want people to think, oh, you got it wrong. Well, I got it right, but also got it right wrong. Anyways, um, but uh, yeah, on the Hardy Boys, I mean. They were on my list, and I left them off because I knew y'all were going to talk about them. It's it's one of those things that, for sure, without a doubt, um, probably one of the greatest tag teams. And I think individually, single, I think Jeff had a great singles career. I think Matt could have had one at the time, but I think with this whole relationship with Lita and and that happened with that, and then he just kind of got kind of got pushed aside a little bit, and Jeff got lifted up. But I do think they're they're one of the tag teams that honestly, both of them overall their career has had a great career singly and as well as tag team where other ones you always had one that plateaued or another one that went to, or one that took off with a rocket and the other one plateaued i didn't see that you, you kind of see in the beginning with with jeff and matt but i think overall with the broken gimmick and everything has happened matt's kind of stepped his level up right next with him and they've had great careers overall and they're they're one of the best tag teams ever. I mean, the move just they're. I mean, that pop they got. They got a Road Warriors pop at WrestleMania. It's coming right. back out and just just was amazing. They always did. Uh, They've always been super super popular. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and I think that you know not I did. I know we talked. We kind of hinted this last uh, two weeks ago when we talked about the Hardy Boys. But and you said you wanted to, to put me in my place. But I do think that. The WWE was, you know, I knew that they weren't going to bring in the broken gimmick right away. That could they turn it into? I don't know. Could call it something else. I think eventually they'll probably, if they did go that way, they will. But the WWE, it, it makes sense. So while they, first of all, they're not, they're going. We know them as the Hardy Boys in the WWE universe, and Vince says whatever happens in the universe is no, nothing else outside of it. However, Vince will, if he's going to use it. He will he will have it happen on his watch and have it turn be a reason would make him bro- broken or whatever. So I think that's um, you know that's something to, to 
to look forward to, and, I, and I'm, I'm curious to see if they go that route. If they never go that route, that's fine. I do think they will. I do think that they are great, and, and believe it or not, them coming back is better than the than the last tag team that came back, the Deadly Boys. I think the Deadly Boys would have had a better overall uh, career if they would have gave them the titles or whatever. But for some reason, they didn't do that. But they they're doing it right with the Hardys. Right, I agree, one thousand percent. So um, that was your uh, that was your number two. All right. So before we get into our number one, let's. Um, we're not going to do news report this week, so we're not going to have that, and we're not even going to do a "This Is Awesome" moment. So before, we, but before we get into our uh, our number one, let's um, let's do our honorable mention. Uh, my, my my honorable mention is somebody I did uh, reference earlier: uh, the Islanders, Haku, Tama. Uh, really entertaining tag team. They were kind of like uh, they were the first big men that could really fly in the ring. Uh, they 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 whereas my number three and number two were like number three was technical finesse number two was power that team encompassed both of those traits and uh, they were really I loved their feud with the British Bulldogs when when the Islanders stole Matilda mm-hmm. uh, and then proclaimed they didn't know where it was at I can't remember who their manager was at the time uh, I want to say Bobby Heenan but I don't think that's right uh, but anyway that was one of my favorite feuds of all time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was a good. That's a good one. I mean, that's a good honorable mention, and they deserve to be in the in the discussion for sure. So that, that's smart to put them in there. Um, my honorable mention is going to be the Rock and Roll Express. Okay, and they just went in the Hall of Fame this year, and believe it or not, they probably probably should be listed as one of the greatest acts of all time. I mean, they've always been around. They never broke up. They've always been a tag team, and they've had chances to do those feuds. They've had chances, but they've stayed that stayed as the Rock and Roll Express. And they never really, and and still to this day, literally, you go to an indie show, they come out, they're people are going nuts for them. They're still rock stars. They have that ability. They have all that, and um, they just, you know, believe it or not, they've they've helped groom other tag teams out there that are became, you know, became who they are. So, um, you know, I do think, uh, you know, they're um, they're they're they should be in the discussion, and it could probably some people might think they should be listed as the greatest of all time, but they're at least in my honorable mention. JK, your honorable mention? Uh, my honorable mention, and two-thirds of them were in the same match, but my honorable mention would be the Dudley boys. Mm-hmm. And it, it pains me to leave them out of top three, but we have to speak about, again, how many tag team titles that, that duo of Bubba Ray and Devon won alone. Like I think the total is like 24, 25 or something like that. Just a stupid high number, and they were also – one of the most well-over teams in the Attitude Era. I mean, yeah. Bubba Ray eventually had a decent singles run with how well he talks on the mic, unlike me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the way they came back was kind of flat, but I don't think it necessarily tainted the legacy that they had beforehand because they also helped pioneer the TLC match. They were part of the ECW revolution, when that also was going on as well. And they're still like one of the most recognizable names in the history of the company to this day. Yeah. I mean, they, they have, uh, I think they've looked it up. They won the WB didn't mention them, mention all of them, but apparently they've won like over 30 something tag team championships or something crazy like that. Um, all the, you know, nine times, it depends on the nine times in WWE and all the different places, but it's just think about that, that many tag team champions they've had. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy to, um, 
to to think that so yeah they're definitely up there. I mean they've had some great matches. I just uh, personally never I liked them, but I never I've never literally wanted to buy a Dudley Boy shirt. I did like, however, though I did always like their their finishing move. Um, the Dudley Death Drop, which was kind of a which is kind of like a Stone Cold Stunner slash. Um, flatjack, flatjack, or RKO, or something similar. How they did that, and I thought it was. I think it'd been cooler though if they actually did the stunner, like instead of going down like a like a, they actually came down as a stunner. Right. But anyways, it would have been um, it would have been kind of cool to do it that way. But it, but it is uh, they are up there for sure, and um, and uh, I do they have they've had some great matches with even like the Hardys and um, some other tag teams that we'll mention maybe later. But yeah, it's um, pretty cool. So. That uh, that definitely is a good honorable mention. So um, let's uh, all right. So we're going to reveal our number one, um, and then um, but before we do that, I want to. I got a question. If you were going to pick a tag team right now, that's not it's currently. Who would you say is the best tag team at the moment right now? Before we list our number one, not 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 somebody that's like like the Hardys or a wrestler. I'm talking about like a new tag team right now. A new tag team, like a tag team that's been around like maybe two years or something that's out there right now. Um, I would go American Alpha. They're a pretty solid mix of. Uh, once again, this has been the if wrestling was an algebraic equation, this is what it, our equation's been: power plus finesse mm-hmm. equals tag team right. success. And uh, Jason Jordan and uh, Chad Gable are the epitome of that. Yeah, so that's yeah. who I would pick. Okay, what did you do? The Young Bucks. All right, all right. Matt and Nick Jackson, you you guys are the absolute best thing going on in the independent scene. And in spite of them not being signed to a major team name, I mean, they've, they're part of the Bullet Club, which is hands down the most recognizable thing that's not signed to a major label right. yet. They have a super kick party. They have a lot of these, like, smooth wrestling slash pop culture references that everyone can tag on to like the whole two two sweet thing and they brought back the crotch chop yeah they pay homage to like the you know the rockers and um you know the dx and just a lot of people they pay they pay i'm hardy boys they pay a lot of homage to to them and those guys though have been wrestling for 15 years though they were known as generation me and tna and impact in their early years so they even though they didn't get the mainstream uh, recognition recognition that they deserve, they've been doing this for a long time. Well, yeah, they have. But, but to a, someone that's just WB only, there's there's millions out right, there. Right, 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 they, right. If they came well, you said WB, a new one that's just been wrestling well, for about a year, so that that doesn't really well, qualify yeah, or but, quantify them for that. I, but I but I, but at the same time, I think it would because if they came in the WB today, they would be a brand new tag team. Because I mean, even. Right, but they've been the Young Bucks for like eight years now. So that's the only. I mean, I could have thrown that out there. I thought that was a, that was one of your qualifiers for. So that's fine. I mean, I don't have Amer- any problems Amer- with them. They're American good. Alpha, American Alpha wrestler. Damn it! Do I have to do this too. all over again? No, you're good. No, you're no, no, good. no, you're, you're fine. Good. So mine would be um, um, the Re- Re- revival. The revival has yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. The revival has that, uh, and they've been wrestling for a long time too. They have that. Um, Old that hard hitting old school Legion of Doom type we were talking about that whole mentality you know their fists no you know no was it no fist no or no, flip, all no flips no yeah, fists yeah. so but, it's, that, but that's a good one because they have not been wrestling for a while they both had different tag team partners in NXT for the longest time well, so that's a they, great pick but now, they have I'm, I'm but they've been you on the back slap yeah, nuts. no but 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 they've been wrestling for a while they may not right. have been a tag team for a while right, but they've right, been wrestling right. for a while yeah. I'm agreeing with you and you're arguing with me okay. And let's reveal our number one, Jeremy. 
Go first. Who is your number one tag team? My number one tag Well, I have to rethink this one because we all talked earlier about what our tag teams were going to be. I stated this one and somebody else used it. So I've been scrambling for the last 20 minutes trying to figure out a new number one. Can you give me a few more? Can we, can we go to JK first? And then, I mean, I know you like going to me first because I am the greatest, but can we go to him first? And let me, because I, I don't have another one. All right, sure. In mind right now. All right. I mean, if you want to use the same one, you can and say that was going to be mine, but I'll mention somebody else. No, no, I, I, I won't do that. I'll, I'll, I'll figure something else out. I just, I've, I'm trying to battle between two teams right now. All right, all right. Go ahead. Who's yours? I would be remiss if I didn't mention them since my dad and my uncle watched this team when they were kids, but my number one team of all time is the Fabulous Freebirds. Okay. Michael P.S. Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. If you watch these three together, they personified the Southern Territories wrestling with how mm-hmm. they came out with the Confederate flag. They were dancing and jiving on the way to the ring, and Michael PSA slowly taking off the jacket. And they pioneered a lot of things today. Like they were the first modern, like anybody in wrestling to have music. And they wrote their own music at that, which at the time was unheard of. I know Gorgeous George came out to Pomp and Circumstance, which later on Macho Man would do, but I mean, in that small stage, nobody really ever came up with the concept of coming out with their own music. Yeah, And then they popularized their own self-titled role, the Freebird role, which if any group held a tag team title belt, any of the three members could defend it, which at the time was a fresh and novel idea. And they had a ton of great feuds in world-class championship wrestling, particularly with the Von Erics, mm-hmm. who had, in my opinion, the best feud of any tag teams in all of wrestling. Better than the Dudleys, Hardys, and ENC at the time. Better than any in trash-ass TNA. Better than Revival versus DIY. I mean, mm-hmm. what, when I think of tag team wrestling, I think of... The fabulous Freebirds. Do you know where they're, you know where they were from? I believe it was Memphis, right? No, 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 Deep no. I was, I was thinking of their, their song. You know what I'm talking about? You know what song, you know where they're from? Bad Street USA. Bad Street USA. There you Which go. Which was influenced by Freebird by Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a good. Yeah, I mean they're one of the greatest, and I can't believe they just last year was the first year they actually went into the Hall of Fame. They should have went in years ago. But it's only fitting um, they were inducted in Dallas. Oh yeah, in Dallas they had to be world class yeah. championship right. wrestling, and that's where they you know made became famous is in Dallas, and even even to this day, I mean Steve Austin always talks about going. Him was younger, going to watch wrestling, going to the Von X, watching the Freebirds, and watching that feud, you know, in person at the Sportatorium in Dallas. So yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, you ready for yours? Or? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go ahead and. Th- I, I hate when I prepare for something and it gets screwed up because then it has me scrambling. I've been debating between the New Day, which is is a, an eclectic group of guys that have that held the tag team titles longer than anybody ever has. But I think uh, I think the team that's going to to trump that um, is going to be Beer Money, which was James Storm, Bobby Roode. Individually, two of the most underappreciated wrestlers at, at before they become beer money of all time. All they needed to, was to be stuck together, and the kind of matches they could have in, in, mm-hmm. in a dumpster fire, garbage hole that they were in. Yeah, they made every show great. And then the first time they both won the titles 
was the highest rated impact at the time for each one of them. Right. Um, as far as the last minute substitution for my number one, which was the Hardy Boys, and that's when TNA was great. Was great, right? Yeah. Well, it was good. I won't say it was great, but that's I had the Hardy Boys number one as we discussed before the show started, and uh, there, I don't I don't know that either one of those teams could could beat them on their best day, but that's who I just I'm going to slide them in there. Yeah, all right. Well, mine would uh, <clears throat> mine is Edge and Christian because I was. Like they were a heel when they when they start. Well, they were the brood, and when they split up and became really EMC right. Edge and Christian. But when they came, their their little rants, their little you know five second pose, reeks of awesomeness, all this stuff. Like me and my buddy Chris we was in high school with, we like just fell in love with them. Everybody's like, we it was it was all the Hardy Boys. Everybody was all the Hardy Boys, which we love the Hardy Boys. But right. it was like the first tag team wrestling shirt I bought wasn't wasn't ENC blue or I'm sorry the uh, green or. Even think of the color yellow shirt with the red white writing. Oh, you were close. That says "Reeking of, Reeking of Awesomeness" since nineteen eighty eighty two or whatever what year they were born. And right. we're just like that is great, hilarious, and it just their five second pose and everything it did. It just was amazing, entertaining, uh, just so fun. And but but they were when they came down to it when they got in the ring, they were mean. They were serious. They would beat your they would beat your tail. Yeah, it was just that whole like. I loved it. And of course, we all know the iconic matches with the Hardy Boys and the the, the, the um, Terry Invitational ta- yeah. uh, t- or tournament, or whatever it was, the first ladder match, and then of course the TLCs, and then you bring the Dudleys of all. Which to me, like I know you, the Dudleys was honorable mention, but the Dudleys didn't even be, be into that. If they were out of it, it still would have been the greatest feud and greatest right. matches ever, no doubt. But it just kind of broke, made it a little bit different. But uh, I just love uh, everything they did. And even when they went on and had their separate careers, of course, once again, Edge took off further. Christian didn't go right. as far. But Christian did do well in TNA and had a great run there. And then he had some decent runs in, in WWE. I think um, he did He did have the world title once. Twice. Uh, oh, yeah, twice, yeah. Um, and we did one more match. We won it. But, you know, with, his, with their health, both of them can't wrestle anymore, which is sad because I think today they would still be killing it out there. Uh, right now, it'd be great to see them in the Hardys come do this whole thing again. Um, but uh, but it's just it's a they're an amazing tag team. Uh, they're amazing people. Their podcast, or TV show, everything they've done pretty much has always been great together. And I think they, I think they work better together. Anyways, I mean they both like I said did stuff separately, but together they were still great. Absolutely, one of the saddest days as a fan was when I turned on it was WrestleMania. And then they announced that the first match was going to be Edge versus, was it Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Championship? And you're like, wait a minute, why is this match going? And it was revealed later on, it was because they had just informed Edge before, you're done, get, go drop the title. Yeah. It's a wrap. Um, let's get you out of there safe. And the match was very awkward. It was very quick. Um, mm-hmm. Well, quick by my standards. And I was like, man, that. Something's got to be up. They've been. This was supposed to be the headline of the pay per view, right? Uh, in my eyes, anyway. And then it's the first match. There's got to be something more to. It. And then it wasn't until a couple weeks later, maybe even a month, till they revealed well, why. His, his match with the Undertaker at uh, WrestleMania 24, Edge's match was just great. I mean, amazing. Yeah. You actually thought maybe Edge is going to take the streak at that time. You know, it's just it's just all this amazing things that Edge and then like I said, Christian too. I mean, Christian. I mean, he even had a great 
run with Jericho as a tag team right. too. I mean, Christian is a great person, great wrestler, but it's just that their tag team was always my favorite. I remember me and my buddy Chris, like I said, we got we both bought the shirts. We got little tag team titles, That's cute. and we did the spring pictures, you know, for our senior year, or whatever. We took and there were ladders. Oh, we were on ladders. And we, had our, we had our pictures taken with our shirts on. Like, we need great. to get you a new shirt. This is one hundred percent. Absolute Melvin on the front of it. I don't care. I don't care. They're, that, I, 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 I believe you. I, you don't have to try to convince me. Oh, I, be, I believe. No, I believe you. I know what happened. I mean, no, I, I believe I, you. I don't care if you believe it or not. I believe you. Yeah, it seems like something you would do. Yeah, it was. It was something I, would, I did. And I uh, I'm agreeing I pretty, with you. I was pretty, uh, pretty big, uh, pretty E and C uh, Mark, and still am to this day. And uh, they know. weren't one of my favorite tag teams, but individually, two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, and I do believe that. Uh, you know, one day Ringside Podcast will be on ENC's podcast, and we'll kind of like share. You know, it'll work out. Oh, I I'm love that idea. In the future. All I gotta do is put it. I gotta put in a call to Adam or Jay. We'll get it set up. All right, sounds good. Let's do it. And go ahead. I, I'm the one that said that. Know them though. Last time. Oh yeah, that's right. You need to put in the call. Yeah, I, I, I get my cel- fake. Right. I mean, my celebrities. Yeah, you're Kevin. You're Kevin's your guy. Kevin. No, that's actual truth. <laughs> I tweeted him a picture of my new shirt, and he ret- er, he retweeted it. So he knows who I am. Okay, I he remembered you. me from cricket last week. Okay, or two weeks ago. That, that's right, what so. I meant. Two weeks. <laughs> all right. So technical. anyways, all right. So we're, let's go ahead. Uh, and that's our that's our tag teams. Let's we're going to do a pipe bomb. We're going to do everything else. Going to do a pipe bomb. Pipe bomb. And uh, I think um, JK's you're up for the pipe bomb. So it's now time for the pipe bomb. You want this? Come on, lay the pipe bomb on me, big guy. Come on, go ahead. So, as you all were well aware, I missed the Ringside podcast episode where Daniel and 55 were talking about their experience at SmackDown Live in Louisville. Now, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty details about my experience because I, too, went. I had seats stage left right next to the pyro. And it's an overall good show. I bought a Seth Rollins t-shirt, got to see... You know, Neville, Austin Aries, AJ Styles, guys that I like because I love the blue brand much more than the red brand, but I digress. What I'm here to talk about today is the number one contenders match, which involved Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and Jinder Mahal. Now, here, here's the thing, guys. In pro wrestling, we, we fans sometimes have this preconceived notion where we have this guy selected in our heads that we want them for sure to win. And if they don't win, we tend to react a little harshly sometimes. Now, if you had asked me who was the least likely person to win this match, I probably would have said Jinder Mahal or Eric Rowan. But here's the thing. With WWE expanding to India, let's give Jinder Mahal a chance. I know this isn't a popular opinion within the hive mind of the IWC or most any wrestling fan right now, but with them expanding to India and then the Bollywood Boys slash Singh Brothers coming into the company, I'm willing to give Jinder Mahal a shot at a main event push for the WWE title, even if it's just for one month. It's okay to do that sometimes. Hell, when SmackDown and Raw split... They kind of did a similar thing with Dolph Ziggler when he main-evented SmackDown's WWE title match against Dean Ambrose. Now, I'm not going to get into wins-losses and whether or not Jinder's push is abrupt, but 
you know, without giving somebody that olive branch and SmackDown, you know, coining themselves as the land of opportunity, this kind of fits into their storyline where if you win one match at any given time, you can be given a title opportunity. And SmackDown kind of cornered themselves with this match because I think it's too early to give Sami Zayn that world title push. And I don't, I'm not really fond of giving Ziggler, Harper, or Eric Rowan one. Harper may earn it down the line, but right now I just don't think it meshes well. So, and, and this also leads into my point, which Jinder cut a promo saying that, you know, and this isn't a knock on Jinder necessarily, but he cut a promo about, you know, being hated on because he was, you know, not American and they were jealous of his wealth. Does WWE not know how to write a foreign-born wrestler past, you know, hating America? I think personally that writing someone in that hole is a very lazy way to generate heel heat. If they if they really want to give this guy an opportunity to earn a main event push or even, you know, elevate his status, they need to give him something fresh, something novel to look at. It doesn't need to necessarily be about, you know, I'm not an American and you guys hate me just for that fact. No, that's promoting somewhat of a xenophobic agenda, if you will. Not directly, mind you, but there, there's a lot of different avenues you can explore with a Jinder Mahal push towards the world title. You know, past the great Kali, there haven't been a lot of successful Indian-born wrestlers. Or how about the fact that Jinder Mahal was let go and then he came back and he's looking to validate himself on the main roster. That's, that, that's a very easy way to book Jinder Mahal in a feud against a 12-time world champion like Randy Orton. And the moral of the story is this, you know, it's okay to give somebody occasionally a world title push, even if it's just for one month. It's okay because, you know, John Cena's out doing his thing in Hollywood with Nikki Bella. Randy Orton's obviously got the title. Shinsuke and Sami Zayn, it's way too early to give them some sort of a WWE title push. AJ Styles is going to be feuding with Kevin Owens for the U.S. title, which, thank God, that match is going to be absolutely fantastic. But I digress. You know, what 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 else do you expect SmackDown to do? I mean, they, they're thin on main event guys. They need to get guys opportunities and elevate some guys down the road. They lost Ambrose. They lost Miz. They, they lost a lot of guys that they could use, and now's the time to do it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not, <clears throat> I just, um, I'm not knocking the fact that they are using gender, you know, the storyline they're going with or whatever. Cause I mean, there is no one else out there. You're right. Well, there are, there is AJ Styles, but, um, but I mean, you know, if, if, if you put anybody else though, against Randy Wharton, Randy will get, um, booed against a lot of those other guys. Like AJ Styles, Randy's going to be booed. So you want to be, you want to heal, uh, that's definitely going to be going to be going to be have Randy be cheered. Then you put him against Jinder Mahal. It makes sense on that part, part, part of it. But I think I, I speak for uh, for Daniel when I say that you are the Jinder Mahal of this podcast, and we're glad after a couple of weeks hiatus to have you back. Well, it's nice to see I got a warm reception for once. 
Absolutely. That's, that, we talked nothing but good stuff about you last week. That <laughs> was right. thinly veiled sarcasm. I listened to every episode. All right. So, uh, um, oh. well, thanks everyone for listening. That's our tag team episode. A little shorter than normal this week, and we didn't do our normal segments. Our this is awesome. Our news report, which we did have. There was a you know a news that we could have mentioned. You know, the uh, actually we'll just throw this out there. This is a quick news report. Uh, the pro wrestling tees made a deal with uh, Hot Topic, so eventually going to be able to get the shirts at Hot Topic in July. In July, yep. So that's a that's a good that's a big time thing. And and uh, now what's interesting is TNA's or Impact exclusive T shirt is goes through them, and I wonder if TNA shirts will be available. Oh, uh, only if they are uh, Hot Topic's interested in offering hot trash. You right. know what? I'm going to buy a Don't Hinder the Gender shirt if they have that. They probably won't. Uh, that would that wouldn't be a hot topic thing. That would be a um, a WWE exclusive. Although Fye does sell exclusive WWE shirts, uh, but Hot Topic does too. Believe it or not, really? Yeah, <laughs> Fye sells the Bootio cereal. Yeah, but you can also get WWE, You can also get a, authentic WWE shirts at, at Hot Topic. So it's gonna be kind of weird. I wonder if they're gonna remove them or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go on record and say I bought a couple there. Yeah, you can get. They had use like the John Cena's your new days. Your your popular wrestlers still have them there. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. We'll see how that turns out. So there is one news report we'll report out there. We'll put out there. And it's not in a normal segment, but we'll at least throw it out, throw it out for everyone to enjoy. But uh, thanks for listening uh, this week. And um, I don't know what our topic will be next week. It's going to be a secret. I have a pretty good idea what I'm going to be talking about next week just off of some events that have been happening today. So. Or over the last week, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but thanks for listening. You can catch us all on Apple Apple Podcasts, also on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and then just of course RingsidePodcast dot com. You can follow us on the Twitter, on the Instagram, and on Facebook. Like us and share us or whatever. But it's at Ringside Podcast on all those platforms. And then individually, I'm at Daniel Spencer. I'm at Jeremy underscore CSZ, and I am at Krugermania. And then um, we don't have to mention, you know, I forgot to say this before. Last week we talked about possibly Ricky Chevy was going to be here. But guess what? He didn't show up today. And that was kind of a nice uh, the bonus this week again, huh? That, so that makes a month and so no Chevy. Chevy. your yeah. thoughts on the greatest tag teams ever? He doesn't know what great that's tag a, teams about, are. That's about right, though. Yeah, it's about, yeah. He would be blah, 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 blah. It would be like the Peanuts. It, he would have said him in a Polar Pop. <laughs> right. Number one tag team for him, Eva Marie and JoJo. Probably, yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh man, that's his laugh. You can't take. You try to take everybody's. The ha, ha, I did. Ha, ha. You just did. You did it last week. You did do it last week. But was I two didn't, weeks I, ago. I, but I didn't. I didn't. I. I didn't realize. I when did you it. listen back to it, you absolutely <laughs> did it, and it that's was right. great. It was glorious. It's glorious. It was. <laughs> I swear, well, you're intolerable sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, Daniel. Oh, well, you know, it was completely an accident, so it must be it must be registered in my brain. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Nothing registers in your brain at all. Oh. Hey, he, <laughs> he owed you a couple. You know, you shot some hot ones his way last week. That and was I, all you. It wasn't no, me. or I'm sorry. I, I keep saying last week, uh, two weeks ago. It was not all me. Anybody that's got two ears could hear that we were both throwing as many grenades. It was about even. Well, Jeremy, Whatever. I've only got one ear because I was sitting next to the stage and all a pyro busted my right eardrum. And, and that's fair. So he may have only heard half the barbs and they may have been only yours that he heard. Uh, so. Maybe, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, my new pal that I get to hang out with, um, Jericho, I'll say, in the meantime of between time, thanks for listening to Ringside Podcast. And until next time, you've been Ringside. See you next week.
them boys with the promise strength. Ain't nobody man enough to feel the pain. And you can be next. You better give respect. Cause ain't nobody breaking this redneck.